Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, everybody's good. But first, Vert. Tony Hawk said in a recent tweet, Vert's not dead, maybe you just weren't paying attention. And yeah, we weren't. Tony Hawk's masterclass sparked this conversation. Uh, Jason, did you enroll? Man, I'll tell you, I looked into it. Um, I lo- I signed up for the site, so I'm getting all like the masterclass emails. I looked at like how the class breaks down. It goes like, meet your instructor, who's like, I guess the class is geared for people who know nothing about skating at all, like zero. So it's like, meet your instructor, then it goes and techniques, and Ollie, like the little free clip they give you is teaching you how to Ollie. Then underdog underdog to icon whatever that means trials and tribulations whatever that means street basics street intermediate and advanced vert basics and intermediate so i guess the class presupposes that you have access to a vert ramp and <laughs> park which i do i have a very fortunate i have access to a mini ramp that i could skate you know pretty much whenever and a vert ramp wow. uh, vert, yeah uh, over at uh laurel laurel park the park here in richmond uh vert advanced i guess that's when you learn to do like nine foot madonnas and shit <laughs> and then uh playback to 900 i don't know what that is if, if you can learn how to do a 900 on vert from this course then that's insane but anyway uh kickflip mid twist and how to win very cryptic titled uh section but yeah i checked it out like the thing about master classes uh pricing plan is there's only one price point it's like 180 bucks a year that's it and it's like 180 bucks you get access to all the classes, you know, which is cool. Like there's like R.L. Stein. I've always wanted to learn how to write a series of, you know, spooky YA books. Shout out R.L. Stein or like who else was doing? Oh, yeah. Diane von Furstenberg, um, you know, from the fashion for when I started my pants brand, you know, but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't sign up yet. Um, I might, I guess. But I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys think it's worth a hundred eighty bucks a year? Or what? Because it's billed annually. That's how they do it. It's just a hundred bucks a pop. Mike, you gonna sign up? I think I'm on the fence in terms of like <laughs> the skateboard class. Would be pretty dope to learn some basketball skills from Steph Curry because I know he's on there. Um, I do kind of like question the need for the absolute like top of their class type people teaching me like a novice how to do what they're going to do. Cause like, I don't know, could some like NCAA basketball player teach me how to like get the basics of a good three point stroke. I don't know. I I think I'm calling in to question the whole, like the whole idea behind masterclass. Maybe I'm thinking too hard. Templeton, are you signing up? No. And what about, what about the state of hurt? Uh, I'm most certainly not going to sign up. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I've got a pretty good handle on the basics and I've, uh, you know, kind of, uh, accepted that I'm not going to enter into the advanced stage of skateboarding. So I'm, I'm happy to just hold on to what I've got at the moment. Uh, I would really like to know how to do nollie heel flips. I, I like learned those from a Jeff Lenosi trick tip on Transworld a few years ago. And I just like, I, I did like 20 of them and then just, it never, got into the muscle memory it's always a struggle so i i'm uh skeptical at the how much i'll actually learn from this class yeah like going back to what mike said like uh just comparing it to basketball coaches or whatever the best coaches aren't necessarily like 
the best players. Know what I mean? Like Larry Bird was okay because they can't translate what they do exactly in in a you know what I mean in a learning type of way. Like Larry Bird was an all right coach. Michael Jordan would probably just like berate you. You know what I mean? Like he probably wouldn't. I don't think he ever coached. He never coached. But um, yeah, it's like they kind of went for like the sexy uh, names. That's I, like their I whole thing. Like, I guess. like that lack of translation actually speaks to the four one one fine tuning, where it's like. <laughs> how much more can I break this trick down for you idiots? Like <laughs> ride with a moderate amount of speed in the kickflip position, ollie kickflip, landing backside tail slide right away clean, you know? Right. Like, Easy. It's just, I can't break it down further for you. <laughs> I remember an instructional video series. I think it was hosted by Daywan, and he had you like scratch an X across your bolts mm. as like a way to like, uh, like a, an easier indicator as to like where to put your feet and i thought that was like a pretty smart way to communicate foot placement better than just like oh just like a little bit behind the bolts or whatever you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah uh i don't think i'm gonna be learning much from the videos i did have an idea have you guys ever heard of those machines fuck i if i had researched better i would have the name of it but basically it sends like an electric pulse through your brain and it's supposed to make learning uh, better or easier or, like, have you be just, like, more on point? You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, shock therapy? Uh, yeah. Like, an extremely mild version of that. Uh, like, a, okay. like a Pavlovian response type of thing. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I need one of those jolts because, man, I'm lost. I have no idea. <laughs> you need a... Just a jolt of electricity to the brain. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, while Templeton is looking that up, like, if you think about it, how do you really learn how to skate? Like, you just watch videos. I don't, it's like you watch videos and try to do what they do in the videos. Or, like, you have, like, an archetype in your mind. For example, like, if you're trying to do a 360 flip, you're thinking, like, Javante, Jason Lee. This is, like, Mark Johnson said this in some uh, on video or something, or, or a version of this. Or, like, you have an archetype in your mind, like, 360 flip would be, like, all right, Javante, Jason Lee, Javante, Jason Lee. Or, like, backside tail side would be, like, uh, Jason Lee. Or, like, whoever does a good backside tail side. You know what Mike I mean? Mike Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah, Mike Carroll. Mike Carroll for a lot of shit. But, um, yeah, like, I think he's just teaching skateboarding is, uh, I think a lot a lot of people do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, after school or whatever. But that's, you know, that's how I learned to skate or how I conceptualize learning to skate. I feel like there's a lot of feedback involved in learning how to skate, you know, like yeah, your yeah. homie who knows how to do nollie heel flips will watch you do yours and be like, oh, no, nah, you got to like kick kick out, not down or whatever. So yeah, like, yeah, that's something yeah, that a sure. video just can't can't really give you. Yeah, you got to have that. Yeah, that visual like, oh, no, no, keep your shoulders straight. And like, yeah. nah, dude, you're like kicking straight out like a like a little ninja kick. You got to go off the tail more. Yeah. Exactly. Or like any. Or like any form of teaching at all, like you know what I mean. Like giving feed prompt feedback is uh, critical. Right. I mean, you're a professional so, educator. You're. Uh, it's yeah. the educator, exactly. I used to work in the same building as uh, Silas Baxter Neal's private skate park, so like I I could kind of like look over the railing and see dudes skating. And one day I saw Josh Matthews skating by himself, working on switchback tail kickflips, hmm. and um. You know, I saw him playing around with it a little bit. And then he goes over and picks up his phone, which I guess he was like, you know, self-filming. And he looks at it for a little bit. And then he goes over 
and then he does it perfectly. So he was like, you know, doing some video training, watching watching himself and giving himself that feedback, which I thought was pretty pretty crazy to see just happen in real life. This guy like just learning right there. And Josh Matthews is super impressive to watch skate in person. Hmm. Yeah, dude, uh, that dude rips. What happened to that dude? He was on City or whatever. Oh, he's still on Habitat? Yeah, as far as I know. He opened up like a store in like Eugene, Oregon, maybe. I think he opened up a store in Eugene, Oregon. But yeah. um, Sick, Sick. yeah, that dude's a ripper. One one other teaching aspect. I, I was thinking even further back was just like literally... I, I do remember, like, I skated, but I skated alone, and I knew how to push around, and then it was like, oh, seventh grade homies, like, we all skateboard, let's go out together, like, okay, and I watched these kids bashing into curbs, and, like, there's also that just, like, seeing other people do something, like, none of us could board slide a curb, and we're all trying, like, at a bank drive through that's waxed up, and, like, you know, we're not even doing it on the end, we're doing it in the middle, bashing into the thing, someone rides out fakey, all of a sudden it's unlocked, and on that same note, um, one of my older brother's friends skated, I think, more casually than anything. He was probably one of those dudes that was just, like, naturally good. Hopped on my board, did a nolly. It would be a backside nolly, shove it, slide shove it. And I think that ended up being, or maybe he did it the other way. Maybe he did it, like, nolly pop shove it without the nolly, like, without popping it. But that was, like, the first actual trick that I did just because I saw that guy do it. It's not like anybody was doing those in videos at that time so yeah bringing up that visual element that just like oh my god there's that now i can do it oh yeah i mean like skating with uh people who rip is like the number one thing that'll make you get good fast because you're always you know what i mean like it'll just this by osmosis kind of i mean you're always going to be looking at them seeing good examples and shit that's why people got good quick at like pool and uh love you know what i mean well, that's my theory anyway. Yeah, I think that's a, a good theory. Yeah, everybody's like feeding off each other, seeing what's possible, wanting to do better, wanting to like, you know, everybody gets gets cheered when they do a cool cool trick. So like they want to get cheered for doing a cool trick or whatever. I know it's not the proper application of the term, but it's it's basically the Overton window of like, you know, the realm of possibility or what's what's plausible. Yeah, exactly. Like, they talk about possibility models and like you know having more representation and you know sports or whatever and it's like kind of the same thing with tricks it's like when you see a kickflip you know that a kickflip's possible but before that you, you know it seemed like something completely out of reach one yeah. thing in terms of progression that i never i guess i'm i'm not stumped by it but i'm i'm curious about how it works is there's that like I guess you could call it an inflection point where, you know, you get past virtual reality and you get to like the stereo video, the first stereo video and goldfish where all of a sudden like the skating's mellowed out, but like the tricks are popping higher. And I've always wondered about that, that just like that, that moment where someone like Mike Dar was like, I'm just going to kickflip really high on flat or, you know, <laughs> whoever like Rick Howard is like, I'm going to boost a 360 flip out of this curb cut and it's going to look so much better than like whatever pressure flip variations we already gave up on. Like that seems like a really huge evolutionary leap in skateboarding. For sure. It'd, it'd be really interesting to examine that and see where that came from. I mean, we should make some calls. <laughs> some calls. 
Yeah, Mike Dyer's part in the stereo video was uh, really wild. Like, he was, like, kick-flipping over tables. No one was doing that shit. Just, like, manualing, like, chest-high manual pads and shit. Like, that was that was really wild at the time. Well, you know, like, maybe, I forget what video it was, you know? Kareem does that 360 flip 5 on the picnic yeah. table. And it, yeah, like, it was you, a 20 shot. 20 shot. You just got to think, like... Shit, did he do it on the did he do it on a bench? Did he do it on the table bench? Like, how does that go down? It, it's really interesting just where these guys like just kind of open up their minds. Maybe they get that deep brain stimulation out of something uh, <laughs> more organic uh, and just like wait. go for it after that. Well, uh, are we gonna talk about Vert in this segment or uh... <laughs> um, is, is Vert dead? Maybe. But is Vert state of Vert to twenty twenty? Oh, I think I, you know, I kind of, I suggested the the Tony Hawk, what's the name of the program again? Masterclass. Masterclass. You know, just because it strikes me as going back to the idea that you don't need the absolute expert to teach you any of this stuff. Like, it's a, I mean, it's it's great marketing, but it's also like absurd that Tony Hawk's going to teach you. Let me let me look at these uh class titles again. You know, like Park Basics, and then. Park intermediate and advanced, like <laughs> it, the the whole thing is ridiculous to me. And uh, shit, I was going somewhere with this. Just in terms of like learning vert, there's like a lot of rad vert skating happening right now, but I don't think it's any less specialized than it was in like 1997. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, obviously, all the attention is, you know is on the mega ramp now, which, in my opinion, is kind of corny and is like kind of corny to watch as opposed to vert like if i had the choice i'd rather watch someone skate vert like you know what i mean like chris miller in uh now layer just doing like huge tweaked out airs like lip tricks across the whole ramp you know what i mean as opposed to someone doing like uh whatever 40 foot 540 or whatever but it makes sense for tv and shit you know what i mean because it's visually appealing for you know what i mean non-skaters and people just you know in a in a stadium or watch on TV or whatever, so I get it. Right, yeah, that's right. just my opinion. Yeah, it's easy to get. It's like that dude's going real fast, going real far, and twisting a whole bunch. Whereas yeah. like a kickflip backside tail slide is like not that much more impressive than a backside tail slide to the layman. I think yeah. real real quick, um, non rival podcast plug the side door. It's made by the Smithsonian Institute. They just had a uh, an episode this week about women skateboarding with Carabeth Burnside and crap, I forgot her name. Mimi Noop. Mimi Noop, thank you. Where they talked about getting equal pay for women compared to men at the X Games. And it's definitely focused on like Carabeth and Mimi are vert skaters. And, you know, the whole thing revolved around vert skating. And I, I yeah. I, I would think even even now, like the mega ramp is the big draw at the X Games because it's the most obvious thing, just to underline what we were saying. Yeah, I, I think that like Vert and Mega Ramp and even Park to an extent, like because they're like they're like contained environments, they're TV ready. You know, it's like the action is only going to happen on these two walls. So like you got your cameras covering those two places, and you know you don't have to have some follow cam dude on rollerblades going around the park or whatever <laughs> or a drone or a drone i mean you got to have a drone now 
I think the drone. The drone. I mean, that that brings Elliot Sloan's latest part into the discussion, and the drone footage was sick, and the skating's incredible, like plus ten or something. You know, like put incredible. Yeah, that, that part is incredible. I I did find myself though after a little while. There's like you know the I don't even know like the fifteen foot Ollie five forty. Like there is an element of like this is so distant from my experience of skateboarding that like it, it, it after a certain point it's it's difficult to appreciate what's going on i i think that's the that's the rub with the mega ramp and why like just a straight up vert ramp like a 12 foot vert ramp i can wrap my head around that maybe it took me a while to get there like 20 20 ish years of skating but i get it now i, I don't get the mega ramp i don't know the mega ramp just seems like a it's like a gigantic skate park with like your pyramid and then your quarter pipe but it's just on steroids yeah i mean like the, the mega ramp is cool it's almost like danny way invented it because he was over pun intended like oververt you know <laughs> what i mean like uh he, he's kind of like done everything that you could do on a regular vert ramp so he was like oh i'll vent this shit you know what i mean which is cool but like in a way like i kind of rather see like a wild the wildly designed vert ramp kind of like the old uh raging waters ramp which was like i think it was like it was basically i think like two vert ramps connected by a bold corner yep, you know what i mean yeah. Some, yeah yeah so some shit like that will be really tight to see what dudes these days could uh could pull on that but which is it's kind of like what park is like a two vert ramps connected by like a like channel or whatever yeah i mean that's what skate park is now it's just like a bunch of vert ramps smashed together or yep. like torn apart and put back together in weird ways. But I mean, I feel like there's more tricks per wall on a vert ramp than in a skate park. You know, like if you sit down and analyze your average park run at a contest, it's mostly setup tricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like seeing someone like uh do like a bunch of sick vert tricks in a row, like I think Bob used to go off go off like that is pretty is pretty intense. And you can't really do that. In the typical park setup, who knows what it's going to be at the Olympics? But uh, yeah, that's one thing about Vert. Yeah, I think in terms of like people I'm really psyched to watch skating, Jimmy Wilkins comes like top of mind. Just because, yeah, yeah, it 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 seems like the new Vert body is like a little taller. They're all like six one. They're 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 slim. (laughs) Mike Crum. I don't know. He 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 was more relatable than these like Adonis bird skaters. Oh but like, <laughs> and that's that's who I thought you were talking about I, when you when you said you wanted to learn to nolly heel Templeton. I was like Mike Crum. Oh um, yeah, like, Mike Crum's got yeah. a great nolly. He he was nolly heeling all over the place. And like doing a nolly heel flip on vert is insane, dude. Like how do you even attempt that and not like die? Or um, just a nolly. I mean nolly. Period. I I think Especially if we. If we did the math on all the on all the four one one vert contests that we like watched one time and then just skipped over, like <laughs> the skating, start adding it up. Like the skating's ridiculous. The skating is just the stuff that like only like thirty five people at any given time oh, on yeah. earth could do. You know? Yeah. Jimmy Wilkins, real quick, does Alan Losey grinds? Does does he do like? gigantic backside ollies to tail and like weird body jar variation i i think he's probably yeah, the most exciting person he is and he then, the one that does the huge like ollies to fakie yeah that shit is cool 
Yeah, Elliot Sloan had, I think it was just a, like probably a 17-foot backside ollie in that part with his double mega ramp. And, and yeah, that stuff, I think, gets back to relatability. Yeah, and that just seems like way more fun than like a 1080. Like a 1080 doesn't seem like fun to me. My personal opinion is that if you spin more than 540, that's like too much. Like it's diminishing returns. Aesthetically, everything maxes out at 720, basically. I can see that. I I just have a higher uh, or a lower threshold, I guess. (laughs) Didn't someone do like, well, what's 1080 plus 180? Like, didn't some little kid do 1260? No, Did some little kid do one of those, or like, am I like imagining? He did it. Uh, was it a fakey 1080 on a vert ramp? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Was, uh, I don't know. It was like an 11. Yeah, I think we talked about it. It was it was an 11 year old, and like all sorts of media orgs were picking it up. NPR had the thing, and little buddy was very, very, very pointed to say like nobody's done it on a vert ramp, buddy. he he was like hard with his brand or maybe it was his dad talking i don't i don't know no he was like pushing the personal brand like mad hard like fucking nobody's almost on the vert ramp yeah like it it just looks weird after a certain point it's like the whole thing about the 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 900 being like the holy grail or whatever was interesting for a while you know what i mean like but uh because danny way like almost did it at the end of uh reason to believe or whatever and according to a kid at my high school who went to Woodward, he was doing 900s because he was like, yeah, Danny was doing 900s, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that was it. That was interesting for a while. But anything after that is kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like. Well, it's the snowboard conundrum. Like, yeah, after after a certain point, it's like I lost count. Right. Was it was it sick or not? I don't know. I lost count. Yeah, it's like it's like 12, it's 1260. And it's like, well. Okay, then you're like at fourteen forty, like yep. you know what I mean? It's it's wild, dude. Fourteen forty? Eighteen hundred? Eighteen hundred. Now we're now we're almost to the present day with these spins, man. Eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred is nine what is that nine three sixty? Yo, our three yo. <laughs> Ma- math is getting too much for me. Bunch of bunch of writers and media people here. <laughs> not not gonna happen. What we're not is gonna that? <laughs> like 10 360s no that would be like a 3600 uh, no yep, oh. we slid the we slid the decimal point that time <laughs> you're not gonna get us with that one devil one one thing too that i think is worth bringing up about vert and maybe to like take issue with tony hawk's exclamation it's not dead sky brown who's 11 or maybe 12 now is, oh yeah ripper she's rad little ripper interesting but there's like her, there's Jimmy Wilkins, who I would guess is 23, 24, Elliot Sloan, same age range. And then like you jump up and everybody else is like 43 and a half and older. Like I think Mike Frazier on his IG said that he was like turning 48 last week. I looked it up. Jesse Fritch is kind of like the generational aberration. He's 41. But there's like, there's this vast like, interregnum of nobody of a certain age being like a vert skater and i, I still think that yeah. like it's just this specialized form and there's cool stuff happening no doubt but i don't it's like all little kids some insane 20 year olds and then it's the same old dudes like bucky lasek still like switch frontside inverting <laughs> it's dope but it's also like it's 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 the same game as 1997 just 
as ever specialized as ever. Yeah, I mean, like, well, the kids who would have skated vert started skating quote unquote park, I guess, because that's what was around. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? Like, no one has a local vert ramp. It's just like whatever park is around if you're in California or whatever Arizona, and you're fortunate enough to live by a crazy like park, pretty much. So, yeah, like Oski, for point. example, there's probably like, not that many like classic vert ramps out there anymore. You know what's weird, and I just thought of it. We've had one way or another. There's been like actual vert, like six six inches or more, nine feet taller or more. Like there's been a vert ramp here in Minneapolis, Twin Cities area, for the better part of the past twenty five years. But like there hasn't been a straight up like vert kid who's come out of here. No, yeah, that's but there's but there's probably been a ton of a few, at least a handful of like transition kids, right? Like park kids or whatever. A lot of um, well-rounded, like dudes you wouldn't say are straight up, straight up street skaters. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't put them in like the Carlos Eviero track, but well, I mean, there's like Cody Davis. That dude's an insanely well-rounded skater and can probably like Miller flip on a little vert ramp, like with his hand just below coping. But if you searched his IG, you'd find that and some rap videos. Henry Gartland. Another kid who's like super well rounded and is gonna do some wild stuff. Tanner Van Vark, same deal. Like, oh yeah, That'd like rich. park rippers. Not not park rippers, but like all terrain guys who don't neatly fit into any one box. Yeah. Well, that's like the uh, the Zion Wright template or whatever. Like, just like can like you know kids that can like do like crazy kinked rails and like do five forties and shit. You know what I mean? That's the new like archetype or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a product of skate parks where there's, you know, a six stair hubba and a 12 foot pole. And it's like the kids just spend all day, every day at the skate park. And eventually they're going to, you know, try out every little piece of the park. Yeah, I wonder if Zion could, you know, because he can do a legit McTwist. Like, could he do a 45 second run where at like second 23 he throws the mctwist then can like keep speed to backside air i i still i don't know beat the dead horse like it's it's such a crazy specialized and crazy like high level of skating that is like the vert skating that we see it's just makes you wonder yeah i mean i wonder could he do like a you know like a nollie heel frontside indie or fuck (laughs) frontside indie doesn't exist right is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a Shit. it's a misnomer. Yeah, nollie heel frontside air. Yeah, or like whatever Mike Crom does. Like, could he do like those kind of vert tricks? <laughs> Yo, shout out Mike Crom, dude, wherever he is, he's been doing like nollie heel flips on vert since like uh, 1993. Yeah, shout yeah, out Mike Crom. We'll we'll drop the video part in the show notes. But uh, I Crum. bet if Zion spent some time, he could like become a vert skater. You know what I mean? And put some shit together. Yeah, I have no doubt, because we're in the era when everybody's good. Uh, Which brings us to our second topic. Uh, This week, Mike published a previously unreleased story entitled, What If Everybody's Good? Uh, Mike talked to industry gatekeepers Jamie Owens and Mike Sinclair, pro skater Davis Torgerson, and me for this piece. Do you think you came to any conclusions with this one, Mike? Um, Did I? I should give a little background. I, I wrote the piece, reported, talked to people like three years ago. 
decided to put it up this week after Templeton told me to put it up after I forgot that I'd interviewed him for it. That was the first time I ever talked to him on the phone. I think I pretty much align with everybody who I talked to for it, just in that I think nowadays we're seeing more and more people skating really, really well. And I don't think that necessarily, like, obviously skateboarding progresses and people get better and better. So, like, the ceiling is rising. But I also do think that, like, the floor is rising, too. Like, there's just kind of more of a higher baseline of talent because people have seen that possibility, that Overton window that we've seen. Though, um, I guess if there's one kind of conclusion that I drew, and I think it, I think it comes through in the piece, maybe, I hope, it's that, like, the really good transcendent skaters are still, like, a cut above everybody else so like everybody's maybe as good as they've ever been but the skaters who are better than everybody are still way better than everybody does that play yeah i think that makes sense yeah i mean uh i guess sinclair kind of mentioned it at the end of your piece like there's a like there's a difference between being good and interesting you know what i mean like there's a million yeah i mean there's a million kids that are good on instagram but that you know i mean all their shit is park footage so i nor Templeton would really care. You know what I mean? But Throw um, me in there, too. Throw me yeah, in there. And, yeah, and Mike as well. But, like, he mentions, for example, well, this guy, I guess Jamie Owens from Trans, mentioned Nora, you know what I mean? She has, like, a per- personality that comes through. Shit like that will, like, speak volumes and kind of, like, get you more, get you further than just being good. For example, like, what, like Jamal Smith, for example. You know what I mean? He, his, like, personality and whole vibe is sick and is, like, mad marketable which is why he's professional you know what i mean right and that's like one of the things is like pro skating is not uh a meritocracy oh no not at all whoever has the highest kickflip gets the most money (laughs) you know it's it's about who can sell the most product no doubt like it's always been that way i i think yeah i think so i mean maybe less so when you know, in like the 70s or whatever, when the contest circuit really meant a lot. And that was like a way to get in front of people, you know. But right. now now a way to get in front of people is to like do something on Instagram that goes viral or gets, you know, Thrasher to share it. Yeah. And it's really not a meritocracy. Like, uh, like for example, Nick Stain, who just went pro, you know what I mean? Shout out that guy. Like he pretty he pretty much does basic tricks going really fast. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, that like struck a chord with people. You know what I mean? And he developed a following through the bronze videos and whatever that prompted Dill, who's as as smart, you know what I mean, a person as anyone in the industry to be like, all right, this kid's, you know what I mean, at the point where he can go pro. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's really not a meritocracy. There's a whole lot of uh, factors involved there. Well, I think, you know, it came up in the in the, the story where... You know, I tried to, I tried to, again, this, this was all going down three years ago. I wrote it for, I wrote the piece three years ago, hope to place it in Jankum. Just like we started editing it. And frankly, I kind of lost interest after it, it went on because everybody was busy. So I lost interest, but you know, I was talking about the Golden State Warriors where the team was, even after they'd lost to the Cavs, but after they'd rolled to a couple more championships, it was like. The team was unbeatable. They were statistically insane. 
And yet, like, all the old basketball heads were like, yeah, these dudes are trash. We just bump them around and make them lose. And it was the idea that, you know, we have all these numbers, and yet these guys are hating on these guys. Skateboarding doesn't have any sort of, like, historical, statistical background for us to fall back on. Like, you can't put into numbers what Mark Gonzalez was doing or whatever. And so, like, you can't put numbers on anybody else nowadays either. And that subjectivity, I think, is always going to be, like, what makes the truly great skaters great skaters. There's the long, there's the short long, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was, like, people like Scotty Pippen who were like, yeah, like, the 92 Bulls would beat the Warriors, but, you know what I mean? People like that. Yeah, that that's a tight comparison, because, like, really, really, it's way subjective. There's no, like, meritocracy or anything. And, it's all, like, like aesthetics. All this stuff happens within the context of the time that it happens. You know, <clears throat> Heath Kirchart lip slid El Toro, and that was a groundbreaking thing. You know, he pioneered that spot. Nobody had ever skated that spot before. And then some Frenchman whose name I can't <laughs> even remember did a backside tailside on it. And we all collectively were like, oh, that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Adrian Ballard. Yeah, I, I kind of fell into that guy. Like on the post... I feel like you might be referencing him because I dredged him up for for like a, a one piece of skateboard illustration with with the story. Like, if anything's gonna say everybody's good and sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't, it's a dude who backside tail slid back to straight a twenty stair rail and like in context of everything else about the skater, we just all yawned and he's kind of a punchline which is like a sad story but that's the story wasn't like didn't some other dude do some crazy mbd there like this the same day or like the same week or something that yeah, scooter I think dude did a front blunt what? yeah same session maybe <laughs> what? and i've never even heard of it who was that damn it was a uh, dude fuck i can't remember we'll link to it in the show notes but anyway that just goes to show like everyone's good like um the media the instagram media cycle kind of makes those kind of MBDs kind of not as impactful as they were previously. Yeah. And for all those wondering and yelling at their podcast, it was Vincent Malou who did the front blunt at El Toro. Damn. Another another French guy? Yep. So, yeah, damn, a, man. What, ha- what happened to those dudes? Freaking <laughs> stormed our beaches like it was Normandy or something. The they were like, they came here like, and, you know, assault at El Toro. Then they were like, damn. Well, shout out those those dudes. That's just pretty sick. I always get that guy, uh, Adrian Ballou, confused with Orland Giraud, the French uh, Olympic champion or whatever, park guy. Plan B pro. Yeah, plan B guy. Yeah, another dude who's like incredible, but oh, yeah. forgettable. It's funny yeah. how those two words rhyme. Because you could, <laughs> I mean, like, he does, he'll do like a, like a backside flip like 20 feet in the air, you know what I mean, off like a pyramid or something, but. Yeah, you can. He doesn't. You know, what I mean, skating is so like subjective and like aesthetic based. You can be like, ah, eh, I don't like that guy. Why? I don't know. Just cause. You know what I mean? Like his, his just like his vibe or whatever. You know what I mean? I th- who said that? Kyle Beachy probably said that on Twitter. Like it's only it's the only thing where you can you know you know what I mean dislike someone for like just cause. You know, add eh, whatever his vi- whole vibe or whatever. So so I'm on I'm I'm running with the tangent of just like the the disliking a skater just. Just because, full stop. I don't even have to say I dislike his pants. I like I can just leave that unsaid. <laughs> so 
Kyle, Kyle Beachy recently just, you know, I, I think he's going to say it more elegantly on Twitter than I'm saying it now, but he's like, skating's not a sport. It's way more complicated and better than that. However, I think one of the one of the reasons that skating is like most sporty is that we can have our wholly subjective takes, our this skater's rad, this skater sucks takes, and that is just such a perfect facsimile of sport. And like I can't think of many other better examples of like how, you know, being a fan of skateboarding is just being a fan of a sport where it's like I want to. Chase Budinger was a uh, Minnesota Timberwolves basketball player. (laughs) Never ran. Like he came to the club and got hurt. But my buddy Chad would just heckle the dude anytime we went to game. (laughs) And it was like, you know, he shot thirty three percent from the three point line. He was a springy white small forward, and he underperformed. And my my buddy just roasted him, and I'd sit there and I'd hate it. But it's that like it's that sport fandom. It's that subjective like I can just hate this guy because I decided to hate this guy. That's yeah. that's my sports. That's my sports rant. Like subjectivity, yeah, skateboarding. Is, yeah. Maybe it's a sport. I don't know. Yeah, there's a certain element of that to sports fandoms because like people be like, oh, Je-, you know, Derek Jeter. You know, I mean, fuck that guy. You know, be like, so be like, why? Like, you know, what I mean, he's super good short top. I'd be like, ah, he's all like smug or whatever. Blah blah blah. Like. I just don't like the cut of his jib or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think that's present in any like fandom. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've talked about this before. My wife is a collage artist, so like I have an interest in collage art too. And we'll look at you know Instagram and look at other people's collages, and we'll just like talk shit about them because yeah. it's fun and just like you know <laughs> that's yeah. just like how it is. Like I like the way I do my shit, and I think the way you do your shit is fucking lame, and that's just like. <laughs> that's how it is when you're like a big fan you know you like feel passionately about something and when somebody's like like not fitting into like what you think is rad you're gonna be like that fucking is lame like why are you fucking dipping that shit when you could cut it out with an exacto knife or i don't know whatever the fuck they're trying to be raw bro cutty spots (laughs) cutty edges i I respect the ripped edges (laughs) Uh, i'm not trying to make you no i was just trying to make a joke yeah i mean uh that's yeah absolutely that's the fun part about fandom or sports or music or whatever it's just like talking shit like this guy you know what i mean that shit's fun dude this guy sucks this guy fucking rips why i don't know you know what i mean yeah i mean some people have like whole podcasts about that kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah i'm i'm reminded in this like uh everybody's good who's who's really good, whatever conversation. There was a Radiolab episode talking about um, a figure skater who was like like more athletic than your typical figure skater. And she uh, she like did a backflip in her in one of her routines, which is like Whoa. banned, you know, it's like <laughs> super dangerous. So like it's not allowed to do. And I was listening to it and I was just like, I was listening to these ice skaters talk about ice skating and like why like being athletic and like doing backflips is like not the way you do things. And I was like, Oh, this is skateboarding. Like and this, <laughs> yeah. this girl who does the backflips, she's Chris Jocelyn. <laughs> and yeah. You know, we're, we're ice skating. We are like stuck up and snooty and we have a certain way that we like things done. And if you go too far outside of that, you're going to get hated on. And that's just like how it is. I'll tell you. I think, like, 
Maybe connected, maybe not. You know, we're talking about that backside tail side down El Toro that nobody wants to give props to anybody for. Then we have that Nyjah Houston backside tail side thrasher cover that might be the newest one. And I'm kind of in awe of that shit. Like, and we also roast Nyjah, and we also roast his clothing. Maybe we have opinions about his 360 flips, but. Yeah, I'm like all all due respect to that cover. Are are we are we being intellectually consistent or is there no need to be? Oh, like like we're like, oh that cover's sick, Nija or and like uh oh or being like overly dismissive of uh well, the like, French guy. You know what I mean? I mean, I I'm firmly of the belief that like the French guy was kinda like I don't wanna say there's an asterisk, but it's different because I mean we I, I don't know, it happened prior to this podcast being a thing but like on twitter i think we talked about how like he had questionable trick choices elsewhere in the part that included a backside tail slide down a 20 stair handrail back to straight yeah. you know so we were able to write him off as like a tasteless skater and then there's nyjah with his transgressions but that backside tail slide thrasher cover is really awesome yeah because like listen they're both wearing weird pants you know what i mean like yeah back to the pants thing like like uh adrian was wearing like some weird cutoffs or rolled up pants or whatever i don't even know what pants night is wearing i gotta wait till i get the issue in the mail to decipher it it might be some like weird nike uh like trainers or whatever or leggings or something like that but uh yeah i don't know maybe it's because not by getting the cover nige gets like the approval of the bible you know what i mean so a guy Adrian had the cover of the of the Trans World. It's, it's oh yeah, R yeah R I P Trans World. Damn. Yeah. Speaking of Trans World, uh, Jamie Owens, who I spoke to for the story that we're talking about, <laughs> ostensibly editor of Trans World at the time. Sorry if I just said that. One thing that I thought was interesting was he said, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, was like, you know, I don't need the next good skater. We already have good skaters to put in the magazine, and. Um, yeah, I guess that jumped out to me. It's like kind of anti-progression in a way. Yeah. But I liked it. I don't know. I mean, like, that goes goes back to the vert thing or vert slash park. A lot of the shit in Thrasher in the past years is like inverts. You know what I mean? Like people skating pools, shit that people did like 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. You know? Which kind of goes back to the Tony Hawk thing about park being set up tricks, blah, 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 blah. So Templeton. What's for you? <laughs> uh, I I looked up my tweet for uh, Adrian Bullard's El Toro backside tail slide, and I ju- I've just been like watching the GIF over and over again. And what I said on July 9th, twenty eighteen, was here it is, Adrian Bullard's El Toro backside tail slide. Like I just kind of like blocked <laughs> it out there, presented without comment. Yeah, just like this is this is the thing that everybody's talking about for like right now. But I, I guess I'm pretty uh, stingy with the compliments. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going back to what Jamie Owens said, like we already have a bunch of good skaters. And I, that kind of made me think, like, what would have Phelps said to that? Like, would Jake Phelps ever say we already have uh, enough good skaters? Because uh, yeah. I, I feel like Jake Phelps was about progression. Uh, yeah. But maybe not, uh, not to the extent that Tony Hawk is about progression. Yeah, I don't know. It was all. It, 
what what's the what's the section in Thrasher that I mean it, it didn't run a lot, but I know uh Figgy, Justin Figueroa had one. You know, it's insane in the membrane or something. Lunatic fringe. Lunatic fringe, yeah. The, oh, you yeah, know, that was that was very that was a very Jake Phelps front of the book section where it's like this is some guy who's just getting buck and here he is. And I think a lot of you know there's not many dudes who got one of those and didn't pan out. I think that that's a super interesting point about like pushing the progression of like, here's this new guy. I mean, if, if you really, if you look at the skater of the year, I know we were talking about this in the past couple of shows or whenever, like skater of the year has been more forward thinking in the past, over the past decade, really, you know, save a couple of guys, but you know, it's more like it's forward looking with who's who who we're calling out. We're kind of like saying this guy is going to be an icon as opposed to this guy is an icon. Does that make sense? I think that makes li- makes sense. I'm going to have to look at the and list I, again. It's saying like this is the next this guy is going to be the next this guy is going to be the guy for the next 10 years as opposed to this guy is the guy right now and has been. The right. Guy. This is my my big thing. Yeah, it goes Milton Martinez, Tyshawn Jones, Jamie Foy, Kyle Walker, Anthony Van England, Wes Kramer, Ishad Ware, David Gonzalez, Grant Taylor, Leo Romero for the last 10 years. And yeah, I'd say those are pretty, uh, they were all pretty young in getting theirs, except for Van England. Yeah, I'd say like Leo Romero and... I forgot who the other one was, but seven of the ten, it was like kind of a, like like they were already going, but it was a push in the back to make them go further. Mm-hmm. One <laughs> thing, <laughs> the uh, the kind of like the the rarefied the 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 cream of the crop skaters versus just like everybody's good. Uh, so the X Games have been in Minneapolis for well, they were going to be for the past, they were going to be here for four years. This year was going to be the fourth year canceled obviously because of covid but the previous three years they've been here and i gonna say the summer of 18 i ended up at the familia hq the familia skate park like the monday after the x games were in town and ishad miles silvas jamie foy trent mcclung were there and like other guys too they were just they were just having a session and i guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, those tip-top guys, Ishad, I'll say Miles Silvas, and Trent McClung, like, even in a casual session setting, it was, like, three tries to any given trick, and it's, like, it's done. Oh, yeah, like, they don't fall, dude. They don't, like, slam or, like, fall up their board. It's crazy. Dude's, like, at that level. Yeah, and it, and it's, like, a precision in skateboarding that I'm, frankly... Like, there's some rippers around here, I will say, but, like, there's a precision involved that, like, I'm not familiar with, especially Trent McClung. That dude is, like, he knows where his body is and which way it's leaning and what his truck is going to do and how much how much friction to expect on the crooked grind part of his nose. Like, he's incredible to watch. And then there were some other pros in town, and... They've done incredible shit on their skateboards, and they were there at the session, and they were down with those guys. But it was like, oh, they're just a, they're they're just like a tier or two below, like that absolute control. And obviously, you know, it's any given day 
someone's going to skate well, someone's going to skate worse. But like I know um, both Mike Sinclair and Davis Torgerson and the story I wrote, they said, you know, not everybody's Shane O'Neill, not everybody's Steph Curry. And so like to piggyback on that, not everybody's Ishad, not everybody's Miles Silva is just in terms of like, that extra, extra, extra. Yeah, it only it only takes a couple minutes to see like if someone's a ripper or not, or if they're like like you said in that like elite upper echelon type of category. Well, and it's kind of that that like Instagram house of mirrors where it's like, okay, are they that good, or is it you know they? I mean, this is the story of skateboarding. Do they toil all day for that clip, or do they just get it? Right, and I mean with COVID and the. Uh, the- <laughs> content drought we're finding out how how hard people are having to work for their tricks you know with the onslaught of raw files and the uh, drought of new content skateboarding still hard i think it, i think it'll always be hard even in a time when everybody's good well you're really good at podcast segues <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm really stoked on that compliment uh my <laughs> You're welcome. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? Well, stoked on the uh, the Venture Trunk Company out of San Francisco, California. Also stoked on, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know, my favorite video game is uh, The Division 2. Just dropped Season 2 this week. So pretty stoked on that. If you're on the Xbox Live, uh, hit me up at Carbonite10101. We usually play in Division 2 or Destiny. Destiny 2, those are pretty much me. But yeah, stoked on that. Um, got up with my old clan. It's just been pretty dope. Also stoked on a local Instagram account, RVA Mag. It might not be like in the headlines anymore, but protests are still going on and shit. RVA Mag, uh, their Instagram specifically has been documenting it with some really tight, like literal man on the street reportage. So if you want to see what's going on around the statues or whatever here in Richmond, I know it got a lot of press, but might have faded away a little bit, but shit's still going on every day. So shout out those guys for the uh, the man in the street reportage as far as like, you know I mean, BLM action going on every day. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, I didn't write it down, but I am stoked on, I think I saw the something else and I think it was from Bust Crew. They got a photo of someone skating that. That statue in Richmond? Yeah. Yeah. Jeb Stewart statue. That was uh, Caleb McNeely, local ripper. Shout out that guy. Long weekend. Yeah. I'm. Uh, so, yeah, the sub the sub stoked. Like, Thrasher's really taken on kind of a more reactive, not reactive, but they're being more of like a current events type of publication. And I think that shit's really cool. Like, it's better reflecting what's going on and... You know, it's been unfortunate that some of that reactivity has been to skateboarders dying. But, you know, just just for them to get that in, I have a feeling that they might have bumped something to get that in. So I'm 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 stoked on that. Also stoked on um, just because we discussed a story that I reported, wrote that I published on my own skateboard blog, PlatinumSeagulls.com. Started that thing with some buddies in 2003. And I hadn't updated it since 2018, and I am stoked on remembering just how fun it is to self-publish about skateboarding. I like to type out my own like link code and all that. And <laughs> God, I was I was rusty H- as hell. Wait, wait, you like do your own like HTML, like uh, super basic yeah, HTML. Like, 
Dude, is isn't uh, the plat on Blogger? It is on Blogger. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what mostly skateboarding is built on too, and it's super easy to just highlight it and just do Apple K, paste in your link, and then there you go. So, so when Platinum Seagulls started, we had I don't know scroll windows, and it was hosted, and I don't even remember how it actually worked. But I'd have like a sheet of just code that I'd have to update. And so I had to type everything in. I suppose I could have copy and pasted stuff, but I got into the the habit of just typing everything. And so like that was 20, 2005, 2006. Like I, I've just been like typing carrot a href <laughs> quote carrot link. Wow. <laughs> quote. Yo, shout out a, anyone that knows quote, what href link or <laughs> You know, like, like I've got all that shit like bookmarked, maintained in my head. And it was just like, yeah, quote, underscore, blank, target, quote, you know, all that stuff. Like, it took it took me a little while because I hadn't done it for a while, but I'd been doing it for a while. Uh, I am also stoked on, I realized today that I want to watch, rewatch, I should say, because I've watched it like six or seven times, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television series. Yo, shout out Charisma Carpenter from that show. <laughs> a lot of babes uh, on that. Oh. Yeah, a lot of dude. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but uh, yo, shout out her wherever she is these days. God bless her. Yeah, that's just like a cup of hot nostalgia. <laughs> show is, and then um, just so that we're clear, swimming in lakes is still something to be stoked on. How many? Today. How many did they have up there in Minnesota? I uh, forgot. You know, the license plate says <laughs> ten thousand, but um, it's like fifteen k. Plus rivers, uncharted territories too. I'll tell you, <laughs> Templeton. What are you stoked on? Uh, I am stoked on a little grocery store impulse buy. Uh, the Hershey's chocolate covered pretzel bites. Uh, I'm a big fan of all chocolate covered pretzels. You know, like whatever form they come in. But the Hershey's chocolate covered pretzel bites have like kind of the perfect ratio of. So like chocolate and pretzel and salt and sweet. So go out and get some of those. Uh, but make sure you keep them cool. They'll melt in the summer heat. So it's like a it's inside snack only. Don't don't bring it out to the session. And that's it for our show this week. You can check mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. You can catch up with us online all week. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I am on Twitter at m. Munzenrider, same handle on Instagram at M Munzenrider. And I will plug my long dormant but non dormant skateboard blog this week at least. Uh, it's www.platinumseagulls.com. I feel like the, the stories that range from like 2017 and a half to 2020, there's like five of them, are interesting. So uh, if you want, go check them out. Jason, where are you on the internet? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Working on a couple things for the third quarter. If the thing that I'm working on now uh, comes to fruition, it's going to be uh, like explosive. It's going to be uh, fucking viral, but I can't really talk about it. So hopefully it comes to fruition. Oh, yeah. Damn. Titillating. Templeton, on where the internet are you? Uh, 
On the internet, I am uh, on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.